traveling the world searching for equestrians of all breeds. The journey starts now on the International Equine Network. Good afternoon, equestrians. It's Thursday afternoon, 1 o'clock, time for the International Equine Report. This is Scott Miller from the International Equine Network bringing to you any and everything about the equestrian industry that you want to know about. If you want to know something, give us a call. Give us a call at 823-744-4831, and we'll answer your questions. And we will answer all questions. We won't pull any punches. We'll tell you the truth. Um, it's great uh, this time of year. It's the holiday season. Uh, every, all the horse people are getting all excited and, and uh, going across our farm out here, just seeing some of the, the kids and, and some of the owners and kids are getting new horses for Christmas and new saddles and new equipment and uh, new clothes and new cars and uh, going to new shows. And it's just kind of exciting this time of year. It adds a little uh, more to the excitement of the horse industry. And we were talking uh, just the other day about um, the year, how fast it went. Uh, I had a lot of uh, medical setbacks this year. I missed about eight months out of the year uh, doing normal things. So, But I'm back on schedule. And, and it really hit me kind of um, hard this morning. I looked up in the Long Jeans Global Champions Tour. Uh, they had the biggest stories of the season for 2022. And so that kind of brought me around to the fact that, um, hey, the year's almost over and we can start reflecting on, um, you know, how we did and the success that we had and, and for all the horsemen and, you know, where they were going and just kind of evaluate where you, uh, you stand in the, in the horse industry. And so it was kind of exciting, uh, you know, to start reflecting back on the Triple Crown races and the Breeders' Cup and, uh, the, the, Long Jeans Global Champions Tour, uh, FEI, USAF, all, all the different organizations. And that's kind of what I like about this time of year is you can go to all the different um, websites or you can come to uh, International Equine Network to IENTV.org and you can see um, the things that we have available uh, as far as the year is going or has gone. And today we have the Long Jeans um, uh, Champions Tour, Global Champions Tour. They're, they're the biggest stories of the 2022 season, and it, it's a real it's a real nice uh, segment. Um, it goes back and highlights all the wins and you know who did what, where they did it, and and all. And then and then the other thing that I like too, it's kind of um, two stories in one, is you can reflect back and see what happened, and now you can start looking forward to. Uh, this next season coming up, the 2023 equestrian season for all breeds. Uh, now's the time to start planning your trips and, and things of that nature uh, for like the Triple Crown races, the Breeders' Cup, uh, the sales, the horse sales of all breeds um, everywhere. Uh, you know, they'll start picking back up here in January. Um, the different shows uh, and the competitions that will be coming up, uh, it's now's the time to start planning because it's very difficult to just wake up one morning and say, "Oh, hey, I believe I'll go to um, the Fasic Tipton Sales in January." Uh, you know, you got to start pre-planning your whole equestrian season. And what I like to do is I like to get a um, day-to-day um, calendar uh, that you can get just about anywhere, and you can go through and see what they have. Uh, you know. Uh, at your local stores, and then start planning your calendar out, you know, uh, where you'd like to go. Uh, and it helps you on your budget, too. Uh, you know how much you can spend and, and where you can go and, you know, when you should go and where you should show, where you should race, you know, where you should go uh, um, take a mini vacation at. Uh, at that time of year, you know, you got to start pre-planning. And I'm a big planner. Uh, I'm telling you, I got I got a book here that's already got me going up till May, till the first of May, 2023. I've got my schedule all planned out. Of course, you know you got to adjust, make adjustments during uh, uh, during this uh, time. 
and, and you have to make allowances for it. So like what I do is, is I'll write, uh, like on the 10th of this month, um, I, I would, uh, you know, I'm going to watch a couple of uh, horse shows. I'm going to um, watch some racing, and I put it down. And then if for some reason or another um, I can't get to it or, or can't watch it or go to it, then I have a backup plan. You know, what's my second choice and my third choice? And I do that all through the whole year. And it really makes it more enjoyable, uh, you know, through, through the season because it gives you things to look forward to. And I think that's the best thing in the world for a horseman is the things that you can look forward to. You can talk to your friends and ask them, hey, are, are you going to the Derby? Are you going to, the, uh, you know, uh, the Longines uh, um, Champions Tour at Miami? Um, you know, it's just so exciting, you know, to start planning those things. And, and when you get up in the morning with a good attitude, and start looking towards, uh, you know, what's going to be uh, your day, it's fun. It's fun to do. Um, you know, I, I really do enjoy that. Um, one of the programs that um, I think is um, uh, really a good program that we have now, it's uh, Here for the Horses. It's uh, a racing um documentary uh, from Australia and it really is a nice uh, documentary it gives you the inside of the horse racing uh, in Australia and, but it can be applied to just about anywhere in the world because um, we all have similar programs to that and that's a real good uh, program to, to watch it's on our website and uh, just click on to it and, and you can watch the whole thing at your leisure which is really good so um, you know, I, we're trying to do things like that. We're going to be doing more programming like that internationally um, on our website uh, to give everybody an insight and a different perspective of, uh, of the horse business. Uh, sometimes we can get into a rut here in the States, and, um, you know, that, that can really become um, uh, tough at times, uh, getting in those ruts. So I'm always trying to do something to get me out of the rut a little bit you know, and make me look, take a different look at what I'm normally, you know, I've been seeing for the last, um, you know, 40, uh, 40 years. Um, it's really uh, makes you wake up. Uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, you never do think about until it gets like a holiday time. But uh, on our Camping World uh, segment that we have here, it's Christmas in the Camper RV. And it's how you decorate your Christmas and how you can make your RV, um, you know, uh, with, fill it with a holiday spirit, uh, not only food-wise, but, you know, decoration-wise. And so that's what I was doing. I was telling the guys at BBS today, um, I got all my Christmas decorations up uh, last week. I got my tree up and, you know, got everything going. So I'm going to start working on the outside of my place to, you know, make it a little more festive and everything. And, and uh, it's surprising the things that you can uh, you can find. Uh, uh, you don't know how many horses I've seen already this year that have gone out to the show arenas that have a have a red nose on them. And uh, some of uh, some of the riders have even put antlers on their on their horses. And uh, it's just kind of a, you know uh, exciting to do. And and not only can you do it at your home, but you know at your barn. And and it's really nice you know to plan out these different things. Um, for your uh, barn neighbors and and for uh, you know uh, whatever discipline you're at, uh, make that uh, party you know happen. And and one thing that was good for me last year at this time, uh, I was in fairly decent shape a year ago. Uh, not really good, but you know I was in. I could get around for a little bit at a time, and I had the opportunity to um, fulfill a request of one of our owners. Uh, at one of the barns here at Sunshine Meadows. Uh, what they had done is they had bought um, uh, 30 tickets uh, to Lion Country Safari. And uh, the kids got to go out and, and spend the day um, at the Lion Country Safari, and they elected me to be the chaperone of 30 kids. And uh, it, it was great. Um, the kids really loved it. They got to see all the animals at Lion Country Safari, and um, they got to go to the water park, and uh, they had lunch, and it was a great time and trip for them. Um, the owners had some Christmas presents for them, and, and the kids just really loved it, you know, and it was a good, solid day. 
you know, on the bus ride back to um, to the farm here, um, the kids all were sound asleep, and, and they really enjoyed it. And also, you know, you can do that uh, wherever you're at with your equestrians that you're around, and, and um, you can go see those things. And some of those things that are available that are coming up now, which, um, you know, I, I started looking at to see who had what, when, when and where. Uh, you know, we're looking at, um, like, say, for example, uh, the Kentucky Horse Park. Um, on December 11th, uh, 4 to 5.30 p.m., the All-Tech Arena, um, uh, they will celebrate the magic of the holiday season as they present our traditional All-Tech celebration of song featuring the U.K. Opera Theater and winners of the All-Tech Vocal Scholarship Competition. Uh, parking is free. Donations will be accepted uh, for the Eastern Kentucky Blood Relief um, uh, for um, through the Pierce Lions Ace Foundation. Um, it's really great. Close out the evening with the drive through the sparkling Southern Lights display at the Kentucky Horse Park uh, in Campground, a holiday tradition in the bluegrass that's been going on for a long time. Uh, that's December 11th of 4 to 5.30 p.m. Doors open at 3 p.m. And it's a great uh, thing for the family to go to take a look at. Uh, it's really unbelievable. And speaking of the lights uh, there and, and how long they've been doing this at the Kentucky Horse Park, it, it's just, I remember when it first started, and it just seems like it was yesterday uh, that they started it. Uh, but they're celebrating their 29th year at the Kentucky Horse Park. Southern Lights uh, presented by uh, Friends of the Pole. Uh, Friends of Coal is a magical holiday tradition for thousands of families throughout the bluegrass and beyond. See over a million twinkling lights from the safety of your car. Enjoy the return of the holiday village, which promises to be brighter than ever, featuring photos with Santa, Animal Land, uh, model trains, and so much more. Southern Lights uh, Holiday Village is sure to delight the guests of all ages. And let me tell you, it is, it's really something there, uh, to go to the Kentucky Lunch Park. And they've got a lot of events throughout the year, but Christmas time is the best because it's cold and, and, and it's got the um, Christmas feeling all through it. Um, drive through the lights nightly, uh, November 25th, uh, through December 31st. Um, close on Christmas Day from five, uh, from 530 to 10 p.m. Avoid the hustle and bustle of the holiday season. And check uh, this item off your list uh, by pre-purchasing your tickets. Tickets purchased online in advance are $30 per carload uh, plus the processing fee. Uh, tickets purchased at the ticket booth are $35 per carload, and uh, they take cash or credit as accepted. And, I mean, it is just really exciting, you know, to, um, to see that, uh, those things that are going on there. Because I can horse markets good. And they usually have something in just about every state at their um, at their state horse parks or you know, facilities. I know uh, Del Mar for years had had in California had a drive through uh, at Del Mar, which was really which was really good. And a lot of people didn't realize they had it, but it, you know it's just everywhere you go. And then we had um, at Tryon, uh, which is an exciting facility in North Carolina, and it's it's a beautiful facility. They have just an amazing, amazing uh, winter festival there that, that has already started. Um, on Friday, uh, November 25th, they had the holiday ice skating in Tryon Stadium. Uh, they had dining and entertainment. Uh, it was really great. Uh, it was something that uh, they really got excited about. And then today, uh, the winter, uh, uh, the, the winter fest village is open at 5 p.m. They have dining, entertainment, family, holiday. And holidays at um, at the Tryon International Question Center. They got live music and special events, and it's really uh, really a good time to go there. They just have so much. It's hard for me to tell you about what it's like there at Tryon. Uh, you just have to go see it. It's in in North Carolina. It's a beautiful area, and uh, they're very professional and first class all the way. And then on Saturday at Tryon. Uh, December 10th from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. They had breakfast with Santa Claus. And uh, I tell you what, the kids really get a kick out of that. 
uh, when they can go in and, and eat uh, breakfast and have Santa Claus right there, you know, with them. And so that that's really good uh, for the kids to go enjoy. Uh, I, I, I've seen it before, and I tell you what, the food is as good as the entertainment. It's just really great as far as all that goes. And then on the, uh, Thursday, December 15th, they have the Winterfest Village. They have dining and entertainment. Uh, they have um, all kinds of live music. They have shopping and, and a special event on that day that they will announce on the, on the 15th. Um, the 17th, they have breakfast again with Santa. Santa gets a lot of breakfast them because they work so hard all, all year long to, uh, you know, get this done. Um, the kids out to all the things that they would like to have if they've been doing. Uh, so that's December 17th, 8 to, 8 to 1 p.m. again. Um, they have um, dining and entertainment. Uh, it's really, uh, Thursdays are really good. Then um, on December 20th, they have um, the Winterfest Village again, where they have uh, dining and entertainment, holiday uh, uh, programs. Uh, live music, shopping, and special events. So that that's really a, a, really a good Thursday to go to. Um, so I, I suggest that you check out your local um, area uh, for just Google uh, equine uh, facilities for your area. Put your zip code in, and they'll tell you uh, where you can go, whether it's a, a Churchill Downs, a Tryon, or World Equestrian Center in Ocala, or uh, Del Mar in California, uh, they'll have all the events listed there. Come to our website, and we can give you some links to it. So, uh, you know, the holidays are here, and the kids are glad, uh, parents are glad. and You know, it just gives you time to be thankful for everything that you have and uh, everything that, um, you know, is going good for you. And always uh, take that into consideration, uh, especially this time of year, but all, time, all around. Um, be thankful for your equestrian friends that you have, not only horses, but your neighbors and born buddies that um, that you have. So uh, that's it uh, on our little uh, holidays spirit there. So now we're going to start getting into some horse news, um, which I, I was uh, woke up this morning and was totally stunned by a couple of these articles that, um, that we've pulled out of here. Uh, at Keeneland, to just show you about the economy and how uh, the economy worldwide um, affects the horse industry. You know, you see very few industries where the economy uh, on an international and domestic basis uh, affects an industry like they, like they have uh, in our horse industry. And if the economy is good, you get a lot of horses um, sales. If it's bad, you you don't see a lot of horses at the sales. And so the economy for the horse industry through the pandemic stayed pretty level. Um, it went down a, a tad bit here and there, and, but most, for the most part, it stayed the same. And this is with all breeds. This is with the shows, the standard breads and trotters, um, the, with the thoroughbreds, uh, with the quarter horses, and it just all was, was pretty much, you know, leveled off, and, and we survived. Uh, the horse industry was probably one of the um, first industries to uh, make a, um, a recovery and get back to normal uh, as quick as possible. I know we did here in Florida. Uh, you know, we, we it, it hurt us a small bit, but uh, not like it did, you know, in other places. So we were really blessed for that. So uh, it was pretty good. Uh, but we got to looking today, and I said, holy smokes. I said, the January sale at Keeneland's already coming up, has catalog 1,509 horses. Broodmares and prospects, yearlings and horses of racing age, as well as stallions and stallion prospects for the 66th January Horses of Law Ages sale which will cover four sessions from January 9th to January 12th, 2023. So we're jumping right into, you know, the, the heart of the, of the racing season, uh, the heart of the, the breeding season, uh, the sales and everything, with 1,509 horses. 
just totally amazing to see that uh, amount uh, be entered, uh, you know, to uh, to get our season season going in, in the thoroughbred business. Uh, I, I was just uh, totally stunned by it, and I said, you know, this is going to be a good year for the horse industry of all ages and everything. And then what I like about that sales is you can go there and you can get you, uh, um, you know, you can get a horse of racing age that's uh, that's been running. And you can literally buy it at the January sales at Kingwood and uh, take that horse and, and race the very next uh, next weekend uh, because he's a, he's a push button already made, you know, ready to go deal. Um, it's uh, it's an exciting time of year uh, with the breeding season opening up. You can buy you a nice brood mare and uh, take her to the breeding shed and uh, ha- maybe end up with a Derby winner. Um, I, I was just really uh, I'm thinking, hey, who's going to be doing what this year uh, in the in the business? Uh, we know that Denali Stud Agent will handle 54 horses catalog and a dispersal of successful New York breeder Patricia Jarrazano uh, uh, among the uh, state's winners. She has with Mysterious Dream, uh, Pure Bold, Marquis Legacy. Uh, they're they're in the sale, and it's just going to be just unbelievable to see what happens uh, at that Kingwood sale. The sale starts on Monday and Tuesday, January 9th and 10th, uh, and then it, on Wednesday, um, book two will go Wednesday and Thursday, January 11th and 12th. Um, so it's going to be uh, exciting. Uh, you can watch it live on IENTV.org. Uh, you can come to our website and you can watch it uh, live during January. And then, um, uh, again, end of the year, Delmar closes out the fall meet with a handle of $164.85 million. Um, they're on the heels of a, a record-breaking summer meet at Delmar. Racing calendar closed in the past weekend as the tracks uh, fall meet, the Bing Crosby season, offered the world-class Turf uh, racing, strong field size, and safe racing. A total handle of $744 million, a record amount wagered at Delmar's race meets, excluding the Breeders' Cup races. Uh, the total handle for the four-week, 13-day fall session was $164.8 million, with an average daily of $12.6 million. It's a 4.3% um, increase from 2021, with Del Mar's fall meet hosted the Breeders' Cup uh, World uh, Championships. Uh, it, it's it's just unreal what they're doing at Del Mar, uh, the, the things that they're doing there. Del Mar has, um, has an initiative program led by the track's popular ship and win program, continue to bolster the racing product and help increase uh, the fall meet uh, field sizes to 7.91 runners. Uh, I've seen seven runners and eight runners in a horse in a race, but have failed to see that 7.9 uh, horse. I, I'd like to see uh, who trains it and what he looks like uh, in, in the race. They had a total of 515 starters participated in Del Mar in the summer and fall of 2022. Due to these uh, recruitment efforts, um, Del Mar officials expect the majority of these runners will continue to compete. Uh, in the future Southern California meets. Uh, it's really exciting to see that. Uh, it, it was good. Um, I, I'm telling you, and the jockeys, the jockeys that, that are going to Del Mar, some of the best in the world. Uh, with a closing day burst of six winners on a nine-race card, Flavin Pratt won the, his sixth Del Mar title by boosting home 24 first, 86 and 86 mounts. An exceptional 28% win rate for uh, trainer Phil D'Amato. He captured uh, 19 races uh, for the 13-day uh, season and for his fourth Del Mar title. Um, it's just world-class racing there at uh, Del Mar, and you can't see anything. It's just unbelievable. When you, when you go to Del Mar to see that in a 13 day period. So again, when you're starting to plan your, um, uh, equestrian season out, 
start thinking about Del Mar. Start thinking about, uh, you know, where, it's, uh, where there's nice California location, plenty to do there. And it's a great place to go, you know, to see, uh, see good racing and good entertainment at the Del Mar Turf Club. Uh, so that's, that was exciting for, for me. Shoot, everything's exciting for me now, now that I feel better. Uh, I get excited about getting up and getting excited about going to bed. Get excited about seeing the new horses coming in here to Sunshine Meadows uh, and to Palm Beach Downs and to Delray Equestrian. I'm just excited about everything. So uh, maybe I'll have to take a pill and calm down a little bit one of these days. But um, And then I'm excited about to have in Canada. In Canada, the first leg of the Canadian Triple Crown renamed the King's Fleet. Um, they're starting to uh, market and do things a little bit better in, in Canada. Uh, from the racing, what they're doing. Um, Woodbine announced um, December 7th at the Queen's Plate, North America's longest continuously running stakes race, will once again be known as the King's Plate. The exciting uh, next chapter of Canada's premier thoroughbred horse race, which will take place on August 20th in 2023, follows the September 2022 uh, ascension of the King Charles III. Uh, the 2023 uh, edition will mark the 164th running of the Million Dollar Stakes Race, historically named in honor of the reigning monarch, which has become one of the highest profile events in Canada sports. The plate is the first leg of the Canadian Triple Crown, and followed by the Prince of Wales Stakes run at Fort Erie and the Breeder Stakes that will run back at Woodbine. So with the passing of Queen Elizabeth, um, they had named it, uh, renamed it to the King's Point. So um, Woodbine is really good. And again, plan your trip. It's a nice trip to go to Canada, uh, to Woodbine. The area is really good. The facilities are good. And the racing is great. Um, the plate is one of the most celebrated events in horse racing. And we're proud to celebrate its uh its history while starting a new chapter under the banner of the King's Plate to Jim Lawson, CEO of Woodbine Entertainment. Um, those who attend can expect more uh, than the elite level of horse racing. They can soak in the elements of the food, fashion, and culture that have been, become associated with the prestigious annual event while enjoying moments uh, designed for a new generation of race fans. Uh, we were excited to share the more, more details about the King's Plate in the months to come. So, you know, they're starting to think about the marketing. They're starting to think about, um, you know, the uh, the economy. And, and, and just about all the horse industry is starting to do things that will get uh, younger uh, people involved into the sport, not only as a spectator, but more importantly as a participant. Uh, it's great for kids to get involved with it. Uh, they can learn discipline and responsibility. Uh, they can uh, feel the satisfaction uh, of uh, success by uh, the things that they can uh, do in the business. And, and one thing I like about the horse business is you don't have to win uh, to be successful. As long as you go in and you put in a good, a hard day's work and your horse improves and you improve, and you stay safe and healthy, uh, you know, throughout your event, your training, and throughout the year, uh, you're successful. Uh, that, that's the greatest thing in the world. And in fact, uh, we had a little girl out here one day at, um, at Sunshine Meadows. Uh, she was, it was so funny. Um, I got the, the biggest kick out of it, and I still tell the story and laugh about it today. Every day I would see her going out to the arena. And I'd ask her, I said, hey, I said, you, you riding again today? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I said, how's your horse doing? Fine. I said, how are you doing? Fine. How's your trainer doing? Fine. How's your mom and dad and brothers and sisters doing? Fine. Every day, every day for three months, I'd see her coming out and I'd talk to her. So one day she corrected me. I said, how's your horse doing? She said, He's not a horse, he's a pony. So she's starting to learn the horse industry, the proper names between horses and ponies, fillies and mares, colts and gildings, and that, you know, that type of thing. 
So that was exciting for me to see her, you know, progressing like this. And so uh, a few days later, I saw her, and she had a, a little yellow ribbon. It was a participation ribbon uh, for the horse show. She went to her first horse show. And so I got the biggest kick out of her. I said, how'd you do? How did you and your pony do? And she said, I don't know. She didn't know how she did, but she got a ribbon. And so her parents told me, She said, uh, they said, uh, you know, she likes participating, and she has no concept of first, second, or third place. And she said she just likes com- competing in, in the, the, you know, the horse show. And I said, you know, how fantastic is that to have that kind of attitude and be satisfied with just participating? And when there's so much emphasis put on winning and, and uh, you know, doing this and being the best and everything, this little girl has learned that participation is her victory. And that and that's the one thing that I like about the horse industry. It's not matter whether you finish first or last. It's, you know, just doing better than you did before. And so I, I think about that a lot. And then... It's brought around. We have the Florida um, Breeders and Owners Association. Uh, we have the Florida Bread uh, Standard Bread Racing Championships the last uh, three weeks here, four weeks here. And the finals are Saturday here at Sunshine Meadows at 11 a.m. to uh, 1 p.m. And they finally uh, they, they'll name the top horse and top drivers and top owners in the Florida Bread Standard uh, Bread Industry. And uh, I got to thinking the other day, um, they had a two-horse race. And you always hear people say, oh, it's worse than a two-horse race. Well, I asked the guys that ran it, and I said, how'd you do? And the one guy told me, he said, said, I did good. He said, I won. And I said, well, that's good. So the guy that ran second, I asked him, I said, well, how'd you do? He said, oh, I come in last. And I said, man, don't be telling people that you come in last. You tell them you came in second. And he just started laughing, you know, so that it was a proverbial two-horse race, you know. And, and um, you know, so we've seen things like that. And, and um, I, I really enjoy it. And the people that I'm around, thank God, are just people that just really enjoy life and enjoy the business. And, and I mean, I'm around some of the richest people in the world uh, that are winning millions of dollars with their horses. And I'm around some of the poorest people in the world you know, that are struggling, you know, just to make it, you know, ends meet. And so it, it, it's uh, good about the, the business, but it just goes to show you, you know, how, how you learn it and how you think of it. And at the end of the day, um, you know, how do you do? I don't know. Like the little girl says, I don't know. And so I just mean the uh, world to go on to the next day and wake up and, you know, try again for that participation rabbit. Uh, and no matter what we were in. And if we can do that in life, uh, Every morning when we get up and um, just say, hey, you know, uh, give me that participation ribbon at the end of the day and I'm happy. So that, that's what uh, is really good uh, about, you know, uh, our business and everything. So, but back uh, to the horses at uh, Aqueduct uh, Winter Meat Stakes uh, schedule was announced. And it's for 2023 here. And they, they're doing a lot of things at uh, Belmont. They're replacing uh, the turf track and uh, putting in a, a, an artificial track, and and they're doing a lot of things. They uh, put some tunnels in, so uh, you'll be able to go to uh, Belmont, the uh, uh, out to the infield like you do at the Kentucky Derby and for the Preakness. And so that's going to be exciting for the New Yorkers, and it's going to be interesting to see how many people they get up there, especially on Belmont Day. Belmont Stakes Day, they pack the place, and, and if they open that infield up, it's going to be you know even even bigger and better than ever. So um, I, I was really uh, uh, excited, you know, give me something to look forward to. Um, we have uh, uh, on December 7th, the stake schedule for uh, the 2023 uh, meet at Aqueduct will feature 25 stake races uh, worth $3.2 million in purses. A lot of money for, for New York in the wintertime. Uh, the 44... Uh, Day Big A winter meet begins the New York uh, New Year's Day January one and runs through March twenty sixth with live racing conducted Tuesday through Sunday until February twelfth and from February 
17th through the end of the winter meet, live racing will be held Friday uh, through Sunday, with an addition uh, to a special president's card on February 20th. So uh, it's going to be, uh, you know, a kind of a weekend thing uh, for people to go out and, and uh, kind of kind of limit the live racing you have there. But hey, it's wintertime in New York, and uh, you know it'll be good. You know, you can. Um, bear through a day or two on uh, winter weather, uh, you know, to go watch horse racing there. Um, the Aqueduct Winter Meet Stakes action kicks off on New Year's Day with $150,000 ladies date for fillies and mares, four-year-olds, and up going a mile and an eighth on the main track. On the following weekend, January 7th, the mile of uh, the one-mile $150,000 Jerome Stakes will be uh, the first a free Kentucky Derby presented by Woodford Reserve Prep Races at the Big A uh, during the winter meet. Uh, the Drome will offer uh, 10 points for first, four for second, three for third, two for fourth, and one for fifth, uh, qualifying your horses for the Derby. Um, the nine for a long $100,000 Busanda stakes for three-year-old fillies will be uh, January 14th, and it also provides uh, points uh, for the um, Kentucky Oaks, uh, you're looking at 20 to win, 8 for second, 6 for third, uh, 4 for, uh, for fourth, and 2 for fifth. Uh, that'll be qualifying points to get them to the Kentucky Oaks uh, at uh, Churchill Downs. Uh, the winter meets uh, greatest stakes calendar kicks off with $150,000 toboggan stakes, 7 for a long sprint for older horses on January 28th. The New York road to the Kentucky Derby continues with the Big A meet um, with a mile and an eighth, uh, $250,000 weather stakes. That'll be held February 4th. And the Derby qualifying points are available there, too. So it's going to be a, a good time uh, at, um, uh, you know, at Aqueduct. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see exactly how many of those horses come out of New York go to the Kentucky Derby, and we'll be bringing you all that information here on the International Equaling Network on how they get there. Um, next week, we'll start doing a 15-minute segment. Well, actually, today we're going to start it on uh, how they get there, the 2023 Kentucky Derby, and uh, the races that will be coming up, and uh, where they're at, and who won, and who's going, and who's going to be uh, watching on TV, and who's going to be participating. We'll have all that information from you, for you. and uh, I tell you what, I, as far as my ability to procrastinate uh, for the thoroughbred industry is um, very weak. I couldn't tell you much about who's going to win, but I have my opinions. That's what I like about um, the horse industry. Everybody's got their opinions, and no one opinion is, is right. There's no one way right or wrong way to do everything, because if there was, uh, I'd write a book and I'd and sell it and everybody would be winning right and left. But, um, you know, that's the great thing about the business. Everybody has their opinion and the reason why they make that opinion, get that opinion, and sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. As long as you're participating, that's all that matters. Now, the Startup Futurity highlights the six-day um, Los Alamitos meet. Uh, that'll be coming up here in Los Alamitos Racecourse in, in California. Uh, it's going to be a, a nice uh, meet. They have four stakes worth uh, combined uh, worth $700,000, which highlights the uh, 2022 winter thoroughbred meet at Los Alamitos Racecourse for six days, staying from December 9th to the 18th. Uh, racing will be conducted Friday and Saturday basis with the first post time at 12.30 a.m. Pacific time, uh, p.m. Pacific time. Uh, the first of the stakes races is the most lucrative. It's a $300,000 startup stakes for two-year-old fillies. Uh, the race is a mile and the 16th will be, will be run December 10th, and that's this Saturday. And you'll be able to see that on IENTV.org. Uh, it's, it's a good race for two-year-old fillies. And, and so, you know, you might see one of these fillies uh, – uh, you might see one of these fillies in the Kentucky Oaks. Uh, you never can tell. Um, 
the uh, Starlight and Los Alamitos Security Service point races for the road to the Kentucky Oaks and the Kentucky Derby, respectfully. They regularly attract some of the top juveniles based in Southern California. Uh, and the, um, uh, the Los Alamitos uh, Futurity will be coming up, uh, I believe that's the 17th uh, a week from Saturday. Uh, this Saturday. Now, completing the schedule are two races uh, at one mile for two-year-olds, Brad Versailles in California, which is $100,000. The Soviet Problem Stakes for Philly, December 11th. Uh, and the $100,000 King Gloria Stakes for Colts and Gildings, December 18th. So, you know, they're all starting to get into the swing for, uh, uh, you know, the Derby and the Oaks and to sort of redness some of the races on how they get there to, uh, to um, you know, the Derby. Um, you know, so that, that's uh, going to be interesting to see, you know. Uh, when they come up, got a lot of, lot of stuff to do. Not going to have any time to play golf, as they say. Um, now we're going to get into the uh, how they get there. It's a documentary that uh, we're producing here uh, for air on the Thursday night before uh, the 2023 Kentucky Derby. And the name of the program is How They Get There, the 2023 Kentucky Derby. And we go through a lot of things uh, in the past and, and about talking about trainers and the owners and exactly what it takes to get a horse to the Kentucky Derby. And that's a unique thing about our program. It's going to take you behind the scenes. And you don't have to be... Uh, a horse person, you don't have to have a lot of knowledge about the horses, but it's going to be something that uh, you know you, you'll enjoy seeing. Um, and, and with the name of the, how they get there, you immediately think, well, how do they get there? And people don't realize that uh, running up and down the highways, you'll see a, a Brookledge uh, truck that's hauling uh, uh, eighteen wheeler hauling horses uh, from track to track and state to state. And that's and that's how they get there. They they get on on trains, they get on uh, planes, they get on uh, trucks uh, to go there. Um, I had the, the the most exciting time in my life uh, flying horses all over the world for Enstone Air Services. Uh, when I flew to Hong Kong, uh, to England, to France, to Ireland, um, to uh, uh, Japan. Uh, it was interesting. We're going to show on how they get there, how these horses get to the Kentucky Derby via airplanes and, uh, you know, ground transportation. And it's really amazing when you can, can go there and see it. And at some of the uh, horse events uh, that, that you have, uh, you like the Derby and, and the Preakness and the Belmont and the horse shows and everything, a lot of times they'll have an 18-wheeler uh, there that hauls the horses on ground, uh, by ground, uh, you'll have them there and you can actually walk up into the, into the, um, uh, trucks and see what it's like for a, um, uh, horse to ride in a, in a truck. Uh, you know, how big the stall is, uh, how they hang the water buckets for them, how they load and unload. And it's really, it's really interesting to see, you know, things like that. And that's what we're going to be bringing. Uh, to, uh, you know, on how they get there. And, uh, I, you know, I, I get so um, uh, interested in, in things that, uh, like how they shoe horses. Uh, that's another thing that we have on our program. Uh, we're going to show people how uh, the horse uh, the horses are shod. They call they're shod when they shoe them. And uh, why, why they do what they do and how they do what they do and the purpose of the horseshoe. Uh, is to protect the feet when they're running. And it's very important that uh, you have a good blacksmith, uh, like Steve Norman, one of the best in the business, who I've known for years. Um, Steve, tell you, uh, you know, why your horse is being shod like he's being shod, and, uh, you know, the shoes that they use. And and it's very important because uh, the foot of a horse is like your fingernails. Um, you know, you got to keep them trimmed and you got to keep them proper and you got to make sure that you don't trim too much off or they get too long. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things to it. And it's amazing how fast the horse's hoof grows. 
Um, usually a thoroughbred gets shot about every four to five weeks uh, because the foot grows that fast. And Steve will explain to you, you know, how that happens and, and you know, what you have to do uh, with your horse, especially going uh, throughout the uh, year, no matter whether it's a derby or any race. But in particular, in the Kentucky Derby, it's very important that you get your horse on a shoeing schedule that um, would coincide with the Kentucky Derby. Uh, you don't want to have to, um, you know, shoe a horse uh, too close to the derby because if something happens or, you know, there's a problem, um, you know, it, it could be tough. But a lot of times what they do is they try to uh, get in between, uh, like two weeks before the derby, get shoes on them, and then maybe just a little adjustment on them on derby day and that type of thing. And then there's some people that like to shoe horses uh a day or two, uh, you know, the day before or the day of the derby. So, you know, but it all goes back to your blacksmith and your trainer and your owner and, you know, what you do, what kind of program you get them on. And on how they get there, you find out the, the all these d- different questions, you know, that you might want to answer, uh, have answered, and we'll be glad to answer them for you on our programming at any time you want to call in to us at 823-744-4831. We'll answer those kind of questions. Or you can call me at 561-466-1272. That's our direct line here. So those are the kind of things that, uh, you know, we we, uh, we show uh, in the show, kind of educates you and informs you on, on um, you know, the horseshoeing aspect of it. Uh, we do the same thing on, you know, what the horses eat and how they eat it and why they eat it. Uh, what you have to give to them to make sure that they maintain a good, healthy diet, you know, to keep uh, keep them strong and ready to go, you know, to get to the Kentucky Derby. Uh, you know, we do take that into consideration. And uh, we're going to show you actually how it's actually made, um, you know, uh, and why they, how they make it and, uh, you know, when and where, uh, how they make it for all breeds, just not one feed, uh, each uh, horse, like a person that goes into a restaurant, we're going to eat a different meal. And some people eat the same meal all the time, and other people, you know, take, uh, you know, uh, try other things. Well, with the horses, uh, they don't get the same feed all the time. Uh, when they're young, they get a certain feed to help them grow, help them to build, um, you know, good strong bones and, and good muscle. And then when they get older, uh, you know, they uh, get a feed that helps them maintain uh, what they have, have grown into. And um, it's, it's a whole different ballgame, you know. And it's amazing to see what they get and what they don't get. And it's just not just oats. Uh, it's just not oats. It's a very scientific um, formulation that comes out with each horse. And, and uh, you decide uh, uh, how much they're training and what they're doing and the location they're at and if their body can uh, uh, deal with certain feeds and if they have to have a special diet. That's, we get into that. So uh, that, that's one thing that we're looking at and, and uh, on how they get there. And there's many things that we're going to be looking at um, on how they get there, but it's going to take you from beginning to end, from the time uh, the owner decides that he would like to have a horse run in the Kentucky Derby, uh, which is a chance of a lifetime and a lifetime of chance, uh, as, as we say in the horse business. Uh, it's something that you just can't buy a horse and go to the Derby. I mean, they've done it before, but, you know, it's it was just one of those unusual things. So the owner decides you know, he's going to run into the Derby and, and um, or try to go to the Derby. And he gets a trainer, and uh, the, the people that were uh, the owners that we're looking at are are uh, uh, Winstar Farm, Kenny Trout, and Elliot Walden's crew. There, we're going to look at them and see how they do. Uh, you know, this year, and, and I'm really lucky because I worked at Winstar, and uh, I worked uh, you know around the crew, and, and so we know uh, I know how they are and, and their, their procedures and policies. And right now, they're on top of the world going into the derby. They have the top derby horse with 40 points, his name is Forte. 
And uh, he is uh, a nice horse. Oh, I'm telling you, well, he won the Breeders' Cup June and made a million and a half dollars, you know. He's he's really on a roll here. And uh, it's going to be uh, good watching him all year long uh, going through the Derby, Derby prep races. And I, I pulled up today, uh, uh, Todd Pletcher is the trainer of the horse. And, and Todd is, um, he works for Wayne Lucas, uh, He's a tremendous uh, person. Uh, he's a better person than he is a trainer, and he's the best trainer in the country. And so that just goes to tell you, uh, you know, that that's the kind of guys that, that uh, become successful, um, you know, because they enjoy their what they're doing, and they have great uh, people around them. Their staff, I've known a lot of his staff and worked with a lot of his staff over the years, and, and they're still hanging in there with him. And it's just uh, really crazy on what Todd's doing. So far, as of today, Todd had uh, 962 starts. He had 212 first place, 156 seconds, and 129 thirds. He's had a total of 29772054 dollars this year. $29 million. He'll go over the $30 million mark for the season. And it's going to be, uh, you know, another uh, award-winning season for Todd. Um, his lifetime statistics are he's had 23,944 starts. He's had 5,453 first, 3,863 seconds, and 3,209 thirds for a total of $449,977,000 in earnings in his career. And, I, I mean, you know, that, that says a lot for Todd and, and what he's doing and how he's doing it. And you just don't get lucky to win races like that. It takes quite a bit of skill uh, to, to do that. And I got to look at today when I was looking at his statistics. I uh, started looking at what he's done just here recently. Uh, you know, when you start looking and seeing what they do, well, for example, uh, he had a maiden uh, optional claiming um, the horse name was Juan um, Luis Saez, which was one of the best jockeys, ran third. An optional claiming instable uh, with Luis Saez, he ran third. Uh, an allowance... Um, uh, optional claiming, um, he ran seventh. And then, uh, you know, I'm sitting there thinking like, wow, you know, he's got all these uh, claiming horses and these less uh, expensive horses. All right, well, say uh, le uh, less talented horses, we'll say. Um, we, we had a horse, uh, it was an optional claiming race, Sister Now. Now, to me, Sister Now sounds like a winner. Sounds like it should be a big champion. But finished tenth, you know, and, and that was interesting. Uh, you know, we'll we'll keep an eye out for her. And then we had um, uh, a lot of good horses that Todd's had. Uh, we had Bourbonomic, which was on the roads to the Derby. He had optional claiming. He had finished fourth. Uh, we had um, uh, Julius Shining runs in the Demersel Stakes. Uh, and uh, I was really excited for her because she's the full sister to um, uh, one of Todd's good horses, uh, Malahat. And that she ran, she won that one. Um, they, they had a gambling girl ran in the second division of it, ran third, and then with the cigar mile, my mind control went to cigar mile. And then the Holloway Derby, Witt finished third. And so, you know, it just goes to show you that he's got this good stake horses and he's got the, you know, the, the mediocre ones. And, and that's all part of how you get your horses, uh, you know, to the Kentucky Derby or to the big races. Uh, you know, it's, you win some, you lose some. But at the end of the day, you know, you just got to look out, you know, how did you do? So, um you know, it's it's really great, you know, to watch these things, and that's what we're doing here. Uh, our next uh, 
road to the Kentucky Derby will be the Los Alamitos Futurity, which is um, the 17th. And then we have the Springboard Mile from Remington Park. Um, that'll be on the 17th also. And then we finish up the year with the Gunrunner from the Fairgrounds, which is the 26th uh, of uh, December. And then we jump right off into January 1, and I mean, it, it's a it's a... It's a roller coaster ride after that. Um, we have the Smarty Jones from Oakland Park uh, on January 1st. Then we have the Santa Anita. We have the Sham Stakes. And then back to the uh, uh, fairgrounds and then to Oakland Park. Uh, so it's going to be a real roller coaster ride coming up here pretty quick. Um, a lot of things, you know, can happen. And, and we're going to have um, more things to talk about on how they get there. Uh, with um, going into detail on, you know, where you can see the video and, and um, you know, what you can do, uh, you know, follow along. And uh, we'll even have a sheet uh, there, the top 15 horses. Uh, what I do every year is I take the top 15 horses that um, are the points earners, and we, we have post those and we, uh, you know, keep following them. And then I always leave, uh, because 20 horses run in the Kentucky Derby, I always leave the last five for uh, long shots to come in, uh, for horses that will jump up and grab you from nowhere. Uh, some of these horses will have good races under their belts, good stakes wins under their belts, but they're not qualified for derby points until the very end. So it's a mad dash, you know, to do that. And the great thing about it is, is if you don't have enough points to – uh, running the Kentucky Derby, uh, there's a lot of good million-dollar stake races leading uh, into and on Derby Day for, uh, you know, for horses that didn't qualify for the Derby. So that's pretty good. And, and then there's one thing that um, uh, we have to uh, look at, and the owners and the trainers and the fans and everything, um, about horses that uh, might not uh, get to get to the Derby, how you can have a setback. And so Frank's Honor, who broke his maiden by five lengths October 1st at Churchill Downs, uh, has been suspended from Pool 2 in the Kentucky Derby Future Wagering, which opens, uh, uh, which has already opened. Uh, trainer Kenny McPeak said that the Del Ridge Farm homebred uh, by Honor Code was injured October 30th in their eighth race at the Louisville Track which was declared a no contest after the uh, Rudolfo Berset train uh, paddock boss fell uh, and was euthanized on the track for an unrepairable uh, injury. He, in other words, he, he injured his front right leg and everything. And so um, um, Frank Sonner tried to avoid the spill, and when he did, uh, he had to uh, make a drastic uh, lane change. The change in uh, evidently... Uh, you know, he had an injury uh, came out of that. And so it just goes to show you on how they get there. You don't know. Uh, you got to be prepared for setbacks like that. Now, that's not saying that he's, he's not a, he's not uh, he is not out of the running for the derby. He's just going to have a setback until he gets healed and gets better and is able to come back and everything. So uh, we got a lot of things that are going here, you know, with um, uh, with what we're doing and um, you know, just all kinds of things, and and uh, I just ramble on. I just ramble on. So you know, sometimes you need to call us. Uh, you know, at eight two three seven four 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 eight three one, and our five six one four six six one two seven two, and uh, and help me ramble. If you want me to stop rambling, call me, and uh, we'll we'll answer all your questions. And uh, remember, it's the holiday season. Um, take time out for your fellow, uh, fellow uh, neighbors and your fellow horse people um, and, you know, do something nice for them. It might be a how-do in the morning or a wave goodbye in the afternoon. Um, could be a cup of coffee or a glass of iced tea with them. But just remember, it's the holiday season. and Start thinking about the people that, uh, that are, are around you and make your life uh, the good life that you have. And also, this is Scott Miller uh, finishing up here on the International Equine Report for this week. Uh, have a great weekend and make a difference in somebody's life. Tell them how to. And we are through for today. 
Thank you.